This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Today we will continue our study of the book of Daniel. In previous broadcasts, we've discussed chapters 2 and 7. Do you remember that? We talked about King Nebuchadnezzar's metallic figure that represented sequential world empires which would oppose the Jewish people throughout history. But this figure would be smashed to smithereens by a stone cut out of a mountain without hands, and this represents God's kingdom, starting with the soon-coming millennial reign of Christ, and it shall never be conquered by any world empire built by the hands of men. Then we discussed the strange creature of Daniel chapter 7, which also embellished chapter 2, providing more detail concerning the sequence and manner that these world empires would rise and fall. Chapter 7 also describes a little horn being the Antichrist, which will one day rise up from within the boundaries of these world empires and eventually rule the world for a very short time. But bear in mind, of course, these events will not be viewed by the church because God's focus in the book of Daniel is primarily the Jewish people. But what is little known to many is that God gave Daniel a precise countdown of the exact number of days it would take for the Messiah, or Jesus as we identify him, to come on the scene. Okay, so for all you maths whizzes out there, we're going to get into some serious detail today. It's time to dust off my old engineering calculator as I hope to reveal to you that Christ's crucifixion was predicted by the prophet Daniel to the very day. Yes, friend, to the very day. Do you believe that? There's a reason that Jewish rabbis in training are not allowed to study this ninth chapter of Daniel, because if they did, they would put two and two together, so to speak, and finally figure out who the true Messiah is. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, regarding this strange term, Daniel's 70th week, what on earth does it all mean? Well, let's remind ourselves of a bit of history. Remember when Israel fell to disobedience and was then exiled by the Babylonian Empire. Few people realize this exile was forewarned by the prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah. Our God is a merciful God friend and he gives us plenty of warning when he's going to do something. Israel, unfortunately, had repeatedly forsaken their God, and whenever anyone does this, there will be consequences, and these consequences weren't positive by any means. Let us now read from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 25, verses 11 through 12, and here's God's final decree of judgment upon Israel. He says, This entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and her neighboring lands will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Then, after the 70 years of captivity are over, I will punish the king of Babylon and his people for their sins, saith the Lord. I will make the country of the Babylonians a wasteland forever. And again, there were warnings from the prophet Isaiah that reiterates Jeremiah's dire admonition in Isaiah 44:28. That saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. 
It was this decree friend by King Cyrus that later enabled Israel to rebuild the temple once more after it was destroyed by the invading and marauding Babylonians under the leadership of King Nebuchadnezzar. Israel yearned for the restoration of their beautiful temple and God in his mercy would allow them to do so. So what did the prophet Daniel do when he realized these prophecies of Jeremiah and Isaiah were about to come to pass? He started to pray as anyone would. And basically Daniel chapter 9 documents his travail and intercessory prayer for his beloved but rebellious nation of Israel. Daniel asked the Lord to forgive the Israelites and return them to their land. But as is sometimes the case, judgment was already set and prayer could do nothing about it in this instance. There's a time for repentance, friend, but that time had long gone for Israel. And those are some of the saddest words anyone can hear. The time to repent has passed. Only judgment would now ensue for them. Now, while Daniel was praying, the angel Gabriel appeared and came to reveal some secrets from the throne of heaven. This angel Gabriel had a message of encouragement for Daniel. And this is what he said in Daniel 9.24. Seventy weeks, or 490 years, are determined upon your people and upon your holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So Daniel 9.24 describes in detail what would happen when the Messiah appears. What did he do? He finished the transgression. He made an end to our sins by his death, burial, and resurrection. He made reconciliation for our iniquity, and he brought our everlasting righteousness by what he did on the cross for us. For those who put their faith in him, according to 2 Corinthians 5.19, Jesus brought in permanent reconciliation for us. So this was fulfilled literally when Jesus died on the cross. Can I get an amen? So what's revealed in this passage is absolutely fascinating and testimony to the accuracy of God's prophetic predictions through the prophet Daniel. But let's read further on for a more specific outline of when exactly this mysterious Messiah will appear. In Daniel chapter 9 verses 25 through 26, it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the decree to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Now, for your information, friend, one week in this scriptural context is seven years. So in direct answer to Daniel's prayer and concern for his people, Gabriel outlined that from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah appeared would be seven weeks or 49 years, plus another 62 weeks, and that's a total of 69 weeks or 483 years. Now, The first 49 years of this passage is the time it took for Nehemiah to build the walls of Jerusalem, requiring one in ten Israelis to build a house in Jerusalem, which was fulfilled in the seven weeks. Okay? But friend, did you get that? In the book of Daniel, God revealed that the Messiah would appear in 69 weeks, or 483 years, from the time of this decree to rebuild Jerusalem. 
It stresses that the Messiah would be cut off at that time, which is surely representative of Christ's crucifixion. So if we put on our Sherlock Holmes hat right now, it would be wise to find out exactly when this decree went forth. And guess what? The scholars have done this job for us already. It should be noted here that Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 records the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem occurred in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of the reign of the Persian king Artaxerxes. Now, if you dust off the old Encyclopedia Britannica, crack it open, you'll discover that King Artaxerxes Longiminus was put on the throne in July of 465 BC. So, by deduction, we know that 20 years later, the decree would have been given in precisely July of 445 BC. But knowing this decree went out in the month of Nisan, which is equivalent to our months of March and April, it would put the precise date of the decree to be 444 BC. Hold that thought, friend. Remember that date, 444 BC. So, we get the calculator out. In order for us to figure out the precise day when the Messiah was cut off or crucified, we need to convert to Jewish days first. So bear with me. We multiply 483 by 360, which is the number of days in a Jewish year, we get 173,880 days. If we convert this back to the Gregorian calendar, having 365.25 days per year, we get 476 years, which is a reduction of seven years from the original decree that Daniel outlined in Jewish years. Now, from the month of Nisan, or March, when the decree went out, that would be 444 BC. This would place the precise date of Jesus' crucifixion to be in the months of mid-March to mid-April in, drumroll, 32 AD. Wow, friend. Even down to the very month when we celebrate Easter, symbolic of the resurrection of our Lord, it coincides precisely with the months of March and April where Easter falls each year. Now, Easter's timing is, of course, related to the Passover, which is a movable feast and determined by the moon's equinox. But I digress. Let me reiterate again. I will say it again. Jesus' crucifixion is prophesied in the book of Daniel down to the very day. Now, some scholars put this date at 33 AD and some at 32 AD, depending on the number of leap years you include in the calculation. But Dr. Ken Johnson is bold enough to place the crucifixion of Christ on April 6th of precisely 32 AD. The Bible Knowledge Commentary, for example, puts it between March 5th and March 30th of 33 AD. But friend, let's not quibble over one year. The accuracy of God's word is simply astounding to say the least. Now let us return to one of the key markers of the end time spoken of by the prophet Daniel. The beginning of the tribulation period, which the church will never see, is marked by the signing of a covenant between the Jewish people and the Antichrist mentioned in Daniel 9.27. Let's read it now. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. 
Friend, this verse describes the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. It's the 70th and final seven describing the Great Tribulation period. The Antichrist will make a peace covenant with Israel for one week or seven years, guaranteeing Israel's safety in the land. Israel will sign this contract with the Antichrist. But don't forget, this promise of peace and safety will not be fulfilled because 1 Thessalonians 5.3 warns us, For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they, Israel, shall not escape. These seven years are likely to commence immediately after the rapture. The Antichrist breaks this covenant in the middle of the week, or three and a half years into the tribulation period. So friend, that means for a brief time, three and a half years in fact, Israel will be worshipping again in the temple. Israel's temple will be rebuilt. And guess what? The Temple Institute in Israel is right now drawing up plans and purchasing land for this future temple. The ornaments are being forged behind closed doors, and even the sacrificial red heifers have been gathered to cleanse and purge the land prior to the construction of the temple. Friend, the reason God sets his 70th and final week apart from the rest is because there's a gap between the 69th and 70th week, and that gap was for the birth of the church. 2,000 years have transpired since the Messiah was cut off in crucifixion, but he will soon return for his beloved church prior to the commencement of this 70th week. Once again, the message from Daniel is Judeo-centric and concerns the Jewish people primarily. These prophecies surround Israel and the empires that persecuted them. The church wasn't born until Acts chapter 2, and that's why Daniel is silent concerning the church. Friend, Jesus is coming back soon. Be ready. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.